0: Welcome everybody to Astria D&D presents Yotina's know, Mercenaries. That's what we're calling it for now. That name will change, I hope, because it's very jarring to say out loud. Um the name <laughs> changes when we figure out a party name. Exactly. So, this is we're going to get into what this is, but um we wanted to do a session zero so that everybody listening can hear what a session zero usually sounds like. Um, we didn't do one of these for our first campaign, um which is probably a good thing because only two people in our group were at the first session anyway so um <clears throat> so we're gonna run through uh session zero. I'm using the um the guidelines set out by uh, Wizards of the Coast in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. They have a really good section on uh, Session Zero in the Dungeon Master Tools chapter. Um, I can't remember what chapter that is. I think it's chapter three. Um, But yeah, it's really great. And I think that it's a good place for us to start so you can learn about our characters and learn about um, what to expect from this game. So. Uh, Before we get too much further, I'm going to run around the table and um, everybody can say hi. So with us, I have General. Hi. (laughs) Green is here as well. Green protagonist for four as I go by my username. Hello. Chip's here. Hello. Jen. Howdy. Zero's here. Hi. And then I'm here. Um, so we are going to dive right into this thing and we're gonna first thing we're gonna talk about is our <laughs> characters. Um who wants to go first?
1: I guess it kind of depends on how much detail we want to go into because this is session zero. So if we're gonna make other establishments and links, this would be right. To do it,
0: right? right. So um really, really what I want to focus on is um your class, race, background. Um, we're gonna talk about how you know Volo, Utina, or if you know another party member, how you guys are connected to each other. Um, if you have any motives that are that are secret or your own, um, you can feel free to keep those to yourself and just share them with the DMs. Um but um yeah so why don't we start with um just tell us your character's name and their class race and background i mean i can
2: start i
3: guess
2: okay so my my character's name is somebody (laughs) (laughs) he is a pretty average human uh Average build, about 5'8", brown hair, brown eyes, white. Um, he wears his shaggy clothes. Everything he owns, he's owned it for like 20 years. You know, like it's been passed down from generation to generation. Nothing he, he owns is brand new. Um, he is, this is a homebrew class. He's a villager. Um... <laughs> He uh, he used to have a little hovel there. He lived with his mom and pops a little bit off this, uh, you know, unnamed town, right over a mountain. Uh, they used to suffer from mountains uh, uh, mountains uh, mudslides, and then <laughs> one day, you know, as I was gathering herbs and stuff, I went back home and a mudslide had destroyed my whole hovel. Uh, pretty much left us homeless. Uh, uh, but that was. You know, I went back, my family went back to to the town uh, where uh, we were pretty known for alchemy. Uh, We would trade alchemy ingredients, sometimes small potions. Uh, That's how we made a living. And uh, this guy noticed, you know, that I was pretty good at what I did. So he offered to take my family up and kind of just like put him in a lap of luxury for us. If I would go out uh, and join these mercenaries. And that's how I joined... It could be Volo's or it could be the other girl. I really don't know. Yotinas. Uh
0: I don't know. Is Volo like a an intermediate? Uh yeah. So I would say that if you met anyone, it would definitely be Volo. Um okay. he would have noticed like some of your uh your skills in alchemy and would have invited you to um meet him in uh Tritralum at the Sheep and Shepherd Tavern. Um, and that he had a business proposition for you and that he would help to make sure that your family was taken care of.
2: Okay. So that's exactly what happened. I met Volos and he gave us five gold, the most money I've ever seen in my life. And I gave that to my parents so they could survive since, you know, we lost everything in a little hubble and, and there, and I was really the main alchemy guy. Um, and I went off to that place that Mount just mentioned uh, to go find my new place of employment where I could send money back home to my parents. Don't go hungry and die.
0: <laughs> That's very sweet. That is very, very sweet. Um, I did have, I don't know if you mentioned this. How old is somebody? Oh, somebody is uh,
2: 28 years old. Oh, I'm sorry. They say he was 5'8, he's 5'6. Uh, And yeah, he uh, yeah, he uh, when you look at him, really raggedy, just like that beige, you know, top the villagers wear, brown shorts with kind of like rips in the knees, uh, these brown boots that look like they've uh, probably maybe a little too tight on his feet. But he gets by, has a uh, has a pitchfork, a bag. And the only thing that really stands out. He has these really shiny gauntlets. It looks incredibly out of place. Volo probably gave it to him. These like really shiny gauntlets to help with whatever manual tasks he's going to be doing
0: at this new place of employment. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear more about somebody. Um, who wants to go next? I'd be willing to.
1: Give it up. <laughs> Okay, I'm playing a ladron going by the name Coco Falto, whose main name is Coco Falto, but is known by his friends as Pepperdew. Um, he's a denizen of the Feywild, and his mission, or he was sent on a mission to find something humorous in order to get their queen, who is currently stuck in a state of permanent winter, to smile and move on to uh, a different season so something about the eladrin is apparent their their emotions are tied to uh, a seasonal state which they can usually change at will um but in the case of the queen she's cursed or depressed in some fashion where she doesn't want to change so the king set out this competition um i haven't decided on a prize <laughs> But Coco is on the mission or on the uh, hunt to find something entertaining enough to win this prize. Awesome. Um, So Coco's appearance is based off of whatever season he's currently in. His skin color, his clothing, everything changes to match whatever season he's currently in. And due to his inability to solve the... uh, or find something that he can present to the queen. He is currently completely erratic. He doesn't know exactly how to feel anymore, and so he's just switching back and forth all over the place and just dealing with all these emotions and and uh feelings <laughs> just one after another in rapid fire. So I imagine the place where he would be found is probably in a bar somewhere, racked up a bunch of debt trying to deal with his manic phases and, is now, and was in a slump. Needs inspiration, needs money, and that would be a good place for Volo to come across
0: him. Yep. Volo loves desperate, interesting people. They're, <laughs> they're his favorite kind of people.
2: Damn, Clayton. What does it say
4: about you? I don't know who
1: is. <laughs> I don't really care anymore. either, as a matter of I would say aspects like height and hair length would change based off of his appearance. When he's in summer, he gets more like a widow's peak, long hair pulled back. Um, when he's in spring, it's curly and bouncy. When he's in winter it's just straight and long and just hangs um when he's in fall it just kind of gets wavy and maybe just about shoulder length
5: uh uh-huh. and is that voluntary
1: <laughs> uh it depend- at the moment it's not he's too unstable interesting But Amazing. the control or the ability to be controlled is there there is a mechanic I have to account for, so I'll try to deal with these emotions as this like a flavor thing. Um, on the day-to-day, I have to select a primary emotion that he's going to be in, and that determines um, a secondary effect for their face step. So, I will be picking one of those, and that will be the dominant emotion for the day. But if something happens, then I take the liberty to roll a die to see which state he goes into next.
0: Awesome. So, so if nothing interesting or nothing happens that, um, that you can think of that would affect his feelings, you'll roll a D4 to see how he's feeling that day? I see if he's feeling
1: summer, winter, or spring, or fall. Awesome. I got numbers assigned and a little notes
0: to remind me what each one is. Wonderful. We are off to an amazing start <laughs> with these wild-ass characters, y'all. Um, oh, uh, class. That they're a bard,
6: and they're a painter. Awesome. Uh, which uh, which college is that? Which college is he? <laughs> Good point. Um, I selected it. Feature? Class featured. Uh, glamour is what glamour. I chose. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Um... Who's next? We got we got Jen, we got Chip, we got General and
4: myself. Uh, I can go next. So MK002 is a warforged monk. He's primarily steel with bronze accent colors. He looks like he's seen some battle. Uh, He has a big dent in his head and he carries around a large wooden file box and he joined the mercenaries to meet as many people as possible. Oh, and he's five days old.
6: <laughs> Freshly minted. Awesome.
2: You that's... already have a dent? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's that's an amazing description of that's the most concise description I've heard ever, I think.
4: Uh Warforce are all they're always about efficiency.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, I, I have a question. Where was his wood sourced from? Uh, no wood. Oh, okay. Unless they need wood. Do uh, they need wood? They oh they need wood as like the living component. Like their shell can be metal, but they need wood to act as the thing that can be healed. Because otherwise, the argument is they can't be healed by healing spells. Who played? Who I said think- that argument? Magic phone are magic, it doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you have to use you can use mending to fix some things, but they're living
0: metal and wood, oh okay, all right, so um, uh, that's why i ask uh he's yeah. got a he's got some wood uh chip chip, I don't think it matters because I know what happens to m k 2 um okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about it at probably at the end of this session, but who oh boy. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my god, are you gonna stop
2: this truck or something?
0: <laughs> no. Um, general pizza, either if you guys want to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll <Pizza>. go next. <laughs> uh,
5: I am playing Eric with a K. Um, he is a how do you spell, spell with that?
6: with a C? That's <laughs> uh, with a K. You yeah. spell it with a C, I
5: yeah. Can, I'm looking at it right now. It, it, yeah, E R I C with a K oh shit <laughs> eric I didn't eric with a second
3: name
5: <laughs> yeah yeah uh he, he is a a mountain dwarf he is a a druid a circle of the land grasslands uh don't ask me how that works that's what i picked <laughs> um he knows volo through a connection through his brother uh who is a
6: famous detective Interesting. All right. Um, what's his what's his brother's name? <laughs> we'll we'll get into that next time. Oh, okay. <laughs>
5: uh, I think I know. God. Oh. I got God. Okay, it's his half brother. I gotta say that it's his half brother. Oh,
4: okay. So his name isn't like John with a K. No, no, no. Okay. Right. No, no it it's, be
2: Jack with a K. It's Karen with a C, obviously.
4: Difference. <laughs> you already <laughs> took my joke. I was gonna do that way later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's funny. Oh my god. Um, we're not allowed to speculate anymore. We keep ruining things. Me specifically. <laughs> I'm talking to myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's insane how much you guys figure out. I get, I think that we're just very tropey, and that's that's the problem. I mean, everything
1: has to be tropey. We draw from the same places, not the same places, but we, we, we all live in the same planet.
0: Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jen, do you want to go or do you want me to go?
7: No, nah, I can go. Speaking of kind of tropey. So I play Pizza, who is a male drow psi warrior.
3: <laughs> uh, he That's he was
7: slated to be a victim of a sacrificial war between the houses because, you know, drow think females are the best which good for them and they love to kill their men so as a result of that pizza is definitely afraid of the dark and spiders and since he's been on the surface he's learned about five words of common so since our canon is that under common is french i who does not speak a word of french from birth I'm learning French specifically for this character. Ah, so, dedication. That's coming. We. Je m'appelle Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: bonjour, Pizza. Je somebody. Ça va? <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, yeah. See, and you've already outrun my French there. You're speedy.
2: <laughs> I should change my language from Elvis to comment. <laughs> All
0: right. So that just leaves me. Um so let me tell you all about Zio Diature. He is a a handsome young man in his mid-20s, 24, 25, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um he has like a very thin goatee, like pencil thin goatee. Um has a scar on his lip. Um he always wears Um, this strange set of rows that has a hood that comes down to a point at the front. Um, they're white with, uh, red on the inside. So like the collar, when it's fluffed out, you can see, um, see some red sticking out. Um, carries a rapier and a couple daggers. He is a rogue assassin,
6: uh, formerly a noble. Um,
0: he comes from, uh, Silrith, which is a city far to the north, um, where he was born into a noble family and his, um, his father was a magistrate. Um, and one day he went out to do some chores for his father, delivering letters and that sort of thing. And he came back and his father and his brother, his two brothers had been arrested for treason. And uh, he he tried to get them released, went to this person who was supposed to help. That person turned out to be a traitor and he watched his brothers and his father hang in the city square. And he vowed vengeance on everyone that was responsible for the deaths of his father and his brothers. And he is currently hunting them down systematically. Um, He has connections through a League of Assassins. Um and he is currently with uh agreeing to help volo because volo says that he has information about one especially elusive um target mm-hmm.
5: so three of us know what this character actually is do you want to tell them now or you want to wait
0: i'm curious if they
5: know
3: okay
0: do any do any of you that aren't dms have an idea of who this is any of you being Elliot and Jen. Is this is no. that Not Rayner. No. I've got
7: absolutely no idea.
0: It's not the pirate? Is he? No. Nope, this is no oh. one This is no one that you've met in the game. This oh, so is, how would
2: I know who he is? Oh, okay. Because it exists outside the game. Uh, that that that's too broad of a spectrum. The world. Oh my. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah. You're fired.
2: <laughs> okay. I haven't played these games, that's why. <laughs> they didn't ring a bell. I'm like the world. I don't know, man. By the way, guys, I posted a picture of somebody in Jatina's mercenary. Uh, but he has brown eyes instead of those blue eyes. For those for those in the podcast, uh, he just posted a picture
5: of Ezio Aldatori from Assassin's Creed. <laughs>
0: Yes. yes, and if yes, you yes. rearrange the letters in his name, they spell Ezio Auditory. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's, uh, that's called something. I just don't know the word. Anagram. Like an anagram.
2: Anagram. anagram. anagram.
7: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an anagram. Look at you guys being prepared with alignments and photographs and all that stuff. I'm just winging it.
1: <laughs> I Google searched that, and that's something from the, I don't know what handbook it is, but that's like the, this is what an Eladrin is thing.
0: Yeah, that's uh *Tome of Foes. Yep. Great book. Oh, that winter right.
2: one
0: though. <laughs> um, does anybody have anything they want to add? Anything that you might have thought of about your character um, while everyone else was talking?
5: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eric with a K's mother is Kara with a C.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait oh yeah M- 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 do we know each other for a while now or are we all just meeting for the first time right now
0: so my idea is that you're all meeting for the first time unless y'all think um, that some of you would have some connection to another player and then we can hash that out now if you want
1: uh, no. <laughs> anybody would like to have met me in the bar
2: What or
6: bar? anywhere
1: oh the I bar t- we're
2: all meeting up in
1: I mean, I'm going to just be depressed at some point in time before getting scooped up. Oh, my like, God. I, I have made adventures trying to find inspiration and been a- unable to do so.
0: I just realized that you just, like, you're, you're doing exactly what my monk, um, Alatrin, did. Um, what was his name? General, what's your, what's your master's name? My what? The guy that trained you. The drunk elf. Uh, no clue what his I know
2: what you're talking about. The guy with a goat.
1: I don't remember right. what his name was. <laughs> the guy with a goat. What's his name? It's been a long time since we last talked to him. Is <laughs> that you know, a World of Warcraft him. character? Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't poison him. He... We, we poisoned him. We also, got him addicted to cactus juice. To cure his, his life whatever he had. be the same. We cured not him. That's partying.
2: We cured him. <laughs>
0: Sure you did. all right. <laughs> I', I don't know what he realized, had, but I just realized that you're that that Coco's doing the same thing because that's exactly what um unnamed a did. He was always in his winter, though, I think.:
2: Uh I didn't know he was in a mm-hmm. he was in a
1: Ladron. Yeah we yeah. didn't know, that.
0: We, yeah, never forms. know. What the well, we
2: never saw him forms We we never saw him
0: change forms because it was in winter. Does that make sense? they so didn't know. He's always sad, and now he's dead in a ditch somewhere. No, he's Dad. not. <laughs> right, he we got don't know, know that guy. The
1: butterfly effect, and something happened that made his life nice and happy. Wait, when did he sure. die? The first whatever. We'll have this conversation again later.
2: I don't remember this yeah. having such a dark turn of events. But we whatever. Never,
1: we never solved his heroin addiction, and so you know,
2: yeah, he heroin addiction.
1: No, not literally. Cactus no, juice addiction. <laughs>
2: But okay. what was his first Mar- problem?
1: Mammoth Mar- <laughs> just wants us to suffer for not taking care of him as we needed to because we time on everything else. All lost kids are
2: adopted, so obviously I wasn't here for that session, so I take no responsibility. <laughs> or I would have uh, cured him and have his allegiance to me. I promise. Right.
6: All right. You know,
1: we <laughs> talked with him, and he didn't tell us anything was wrong. He, he never admitted to us that he was spending all of his money on cactus juice, so we're none the wiser. We were told in the... Uh, a flash forward, like summarizing everything that was happening at the end of the campaign in the beginning of the next phase,
6: mm. that he is,
0: you know, out buying more drugs. All right, let's get back into session here. Sorry to distract you guys. All right, um, so party formation are any of the characters related to each other or connected by some bond? That's what, um, somebody was just talking about. I think that Eric uh with the k is connected to a player that is not here right now um that's what that that's what he told me anyway is that correct yeah that's what i heard uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's what i was told i was told that i'm that i'm in a relationship yeah interesting <laughs> All right, but if nobody else can think of a reason to be have a connection with someone else, we can just move on to the next thing. I wouldn't mind trying to find something, but I can't think of
1: anything, so I'm at a loss.
0: Okay. I mean, I think... So I'm going to talk about Zio some more. <laughs> Zio is a very friendly, um, attractive, handsome young man, and he does love to frequent the taverns, and he absolutely would have bought Coco a beer at some point. So they can be connected in a very, like, um, kind of passive way because um, Zio is pretty secretive for the most part, and he disappears all the time. But he does always show back up.
1: So we could connect because I imagine Zio considering the fact that he's had such a traumatic past with people being dishonest and going against their word, then maybe he likes someone who literally is always showing what they're thinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's very, he's very attracted to that. Like he's very drawn to that aspect of you that he can walk up to you and see what kind of day you're having. And he can be like, well, is this a, is this a beer day or is this like a, a vodka kind of day? (laughs) So yeah, I think that he's like very drawn to you because you're very you literally wear your feelings on your skin. So Okay. Um, and so I
1: I am happy to say that you would be the first person
0: I connected with. Yay. yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um So another question that they ask in the session zero is uh, this isn't one that we're gonna get into because the characters don't really know each other. But what does each character like most about every other party member? Um, We're not gonna do that uh, because most of y'all don't know each other. I like Um, Clayton
3: Dune because he was so good. All
0: right, now tell me about Coco and MK zero two and Pizza and somebody. Yeah, they're
5: great too, but I like Clayton Dune.
1: Oh. <laughs> I like MK002 because every joke you tell him is a new joke. Yeah. I can't wait for his character.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, I think that I think if you guys don't listen to our stream, um you're missing out on a lot of trauma that I've caused. <laughs> <laughs> I've managed to break general and it wasn't just me, but I definitely had a big part in it. It was mostly you. I kept breaking fourth wall last session because I was like, what's going on? (laughs) Oh god. All right. Um, so the next the next question is, does the group have a patron? You guys do. We're gonna get into that later. Um, essentially your patron is Volo or Yotina, depending on how you look at it, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. So the next thing we're gonna talk about is um what they call uh what Tasha's called and everything calls a social contract. It's, um, four, basically four rules that, um, that I expect everyone to abide by and that everyone can expect me to abide by. Um, basically all these rules boil down to don't be a dick, right? (laughs) That's, that's pretty much it.
1: But it doesn't say don't be a dick four times, right?
0: right yeah there there are four very specific things, and I'm gonna go through all of them, but I want you all to know that um we we do a pretty good job of adhering to this social contract without it actually being a thing. This is the first time I read this, and I read over it, and I thought, yeah, all of these things make sense, but I'm going to go ahead and read through it for you uh so the first first one is you will respect the players by running a game that is fair fun and tailored to them. You'll allow every player to contribute to the ongoing story. Give every character moments to shine. When a player's talking, you are listening. That's for the DM, obviously. Um, The next one, the players will respect you and the effort it takes to create a fun game for everyone. The players will allow you to direct the campaign, arbitrate the rules and settle arguments. When you are talking, the players are listening. Um. Number three, players will respect one another, listen to one another, support one another, and do their utmost to preserve the cohesion of the adventuring party. That's, I mean, obviously, don't make pointless conflict. No one has fun with pointless conflict. If there's a reason for you to disagree with something and it's an RP thing, then we can talk about it. But, you know, don't be a dick. That's what all three of these have come down to so far. uh number four should you or a player disrespect each other or violate the social contract in some way the group may dismiss that person from the table i don't see that happening um it would have to be something really terrible for us to get rid of one of our players um but it's not unheard of and if the group decides that someone needs to go then we'll have to have a serious talk about it like i said i don't foresee that happening um, does anyone have any issues with any of these or anything you want to talk about in these four things?
1: Uh, sometimes I feel I'm not the best listener. Sometimes I feel myself talking over people. Um, I, Whenever it happens, I definitely make note of it and I kind of go, stupid, stupid. But uh, I... I think I do need to back down more often. So I'm, I'm sorry if I keep doing that. It's more just my inability to catch social cues until after the moment. So I apologize in advance, but I, I promise I'm not trying to trample anyone.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think that when, when you tend to speak over people, it's more out of excitement than trying to be a dick. And that's not an issue for me. Like, If you're if you're excitedly talking about something over someone else, then I will I will wait quietly and try to note who else was talking and we'll we'll address that and go from there. But just, you know, when I'm trying to explain what's going on and somebody's yelling over me for no apparent reason, that's when it becomes an issue. And we don't really have that very often.
7: I've also noticed that I am kind of developing a habit of kind of strong arming my character into the conversation to get what I want to say in. Um, I think that's partially due to my a starting out timidity playing with uh, our other session because that was my first session ever and trying to get used to getting involved and interactive. Um, So feel free to check me if I am uh, kind of stepping the line.
1: I think it's important to make certain your character gets the way they react in, because that's how we know how your character reacts to things. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily out of order.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, there have been times when I haven't heard um, what Rolf has said when he reacted to something and completely glossed over it. And, you know, making sure that you're heard is definitely important in all of this. So I don't have any issues with that. Um, And if you feel like you said something or did something and I missed it, feel free to like message me or post it in the chat or anything like that, because I don't want to miss that stuff because it's super important to your character and to helping us understand who your character is to know how they react in certain situations.
5: Yeah, I agree with that. And especially too, if it's like something that your character needs to say, you can tell me as well and we can like, you can record yourself and I can put that over top of uh, the podcast kind of thing over top of like what was, whatever was happening. So yeah, your character actually like talking.
6: Yeah. Awesome. Anybody else have anything they want to add? (laughs) Okay.
0: Uh, We'll move on to the next thing. Um, Hard and soft limits. So. These are like things that, um, I'll just read the description. A soft limit is a threshold that one should think twice about crossing as it is likely to create genuine anxiety, fear, and discomfort. So a soft limit for me is body horror. Um, just like gross things happening. Um, to someone's physical body that's that's like a a soft limit for me i can deal with it but just know that like i'm squirming in my seat as you're talking about <laughs> someone like breaking breaking their toes off or stuff like that ripping someone's eye out like pulling fingernails that kind of stuff like that makes breaking me cringe their toes <laughs>
3: <off>. <laughs> dear <Yeah>. god <laughs>
0: You you meet a werewolf and they're playing this little piggy Oh, uh, just snapping the whole toe off and eating it like, oh, Jesus.
4: <laughs> Is this what those werewolves were, were going to do if we lost?
0: You mean
7: I don't get to describe the brutal tortures that uh, pizza went through for the glory of Lolf?
0: Exactly, like yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff um so a hard limit is a threshold that should never be crossed this is something that's never okay um so a hard limit for me is like gratuitous or gory child death um I don't yeah. enjoy that I don't want any part in that um so that's a hard line for me, so that's one of those things that we um can't have in the can't have in the game or if it's going to be in the game i need a heads up so that i can not be there for that um so i wanted to know if any of you guys had any hard limits or soft limits that you wanted to uh let me know about if there are some that you just don't want to like put out in the open to everyone else or put on the podcast you can feel free to message me and um we can make sure that those are avoided but are there any that you guys are okay with talking about that you want to mention now
1: um i think a soft for me would be dwelling too long on innuendo um i think sex jokes can be funny every once in a while but if we like dominate the space by talking about that then I get really uncomfortable. So, like, I think popping one here or there every so often is okay, but I do not want it to be the only thing we do. Okay. That's and then good. My, my hard limit would be never going to depth in the event that something like that comes into play into the actual campaign. Like, if there were to be a distraction or something like that, I don't want to role play it. I just want to say it happened.
7: Yeah. I actually want to second that. Yeah,
0: you know, basically that. verbatim okay so so no sex in in the game
1: no no dwelling on it like it can happen it's a reality of life right right you not we, we, we don't need to discuss to each we, other the nitty gritty details
0: yeah you, you don't want to do a series of like constitution saving throws or anything act.
4: <laughs> well wait wait kenny now that you've brought it to the- <laughs> <laughs> now you've added some game elements. To it. <laughs> I mean,
1: we'll we'll, circle, it official, back. we'll right? circle back. We'll circle
4: back. <laughs> okay. right. We'll circle back.
1: Okay. Th- there could be things that make it funny, but I don't want any explicit detail. Like funny is good to me.
0: That's that's fine. Like, okay, so yeah, I'm definitely not focusing on sex scenes because I'm not. That's I'm not writing erotica for anybody.
3: <laughs> <I'm> not, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like we can we can have like um I mean, so just, just joking
1: well, about the extent of it is
0: fine yeah but, like uh, you roll a you i'm like make a constitution saving throw and you roll a critical one and then it just shows you like sitting on the side of the bed with your hit with your head in your hands <laughs> and that's the end of it <laughs> so all right yeah i i totally agree with that that was something that i was that was like kind of a limit for me but I wasn't going to get into it, so no dwelling on innuendo, no sex scenes. Essentially, which mm-hmm. I'm good with both of those. Dwelling on innuendo for a soft limit, no sex scenes—that's a hard limit, and I'm totally good with that.
2: Um, I don't have anything like that, I guess, uh, except for the stuff that we already do, which is in the in the Discord rules.
0: So it's, right? Uh, yeah, no I mean... homophobia, racism that don't be a dick
2: yeah um, <laughs> anything else role plays role play keep it in the game out of game we're cool that's it <laughs> pretty much
1: question so. I, sometimes i do like to go descriptive with the uh, how do you finish this um namely like i like to describe myself as bisecting creatures with Belnar's axe and things like that is that too far of a gory description Or is that vague enough to the point where I'm like, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, the brain just kind of slopped onto the side and there was gray matter juice spattered into his eyes or something like that. Like, I assume that's the extent you don't want me to go to.
0: No, that, that doesn't bother me. I just, I don't want to see, um, people like mutilating children or like it's chill. It's children based, like
1: specifically.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh. It's a it's a dad thing, I guess. Um, it's just oh. very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, like,
1: I don't... <laughs> like go with I mean, Skyrim I rules them. for children.
0: Yeah, if it happens, like, it's it's clean and we don't have to talk about it. I am I pray to God that no, we don't uh, ever murder Sky, a child.
1: Skyrim rules are the kid always gets away. Okay,
0: yeah, I, I like that. Um, or he goes missing, I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, or you just <laughs> find just his bad. body somewhere else. Like already dead and in a respectful manner (laughs) anyway yeah that's that's like that's a thing that i'm not into is like describing like horrible murders of children so yeah uh like i said if you guys have any phobias or triggers let me know um either now or if it's too personal, uh message me and I will go over this hard limit with the other DMs. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable for the sake of a story. That's insane. So that's the whole point of hard limits is I I really don't want to ruin someone's experience. Um just for a plot point. I think that that's stupid, and our number one goal here is to have fun, and telling a story and having fun with the story is secondary. Does tryphobia count as a phobia? What is that? That's
1: the one. That they call it the fear of holes, but it's more just like uh, seeing something with a lot of uh, yes. like organic... Spines? Whole? Yeah, yeah, like like a honeycomb
2: yeah. right, or a coral reefs. I know what you're talking about. about a honeycomb you?
1: doesn't do it for me, but like if you were to zoom in on a, some coral reefs, it might. But whenever I see that, like I get the tinglys on my head and I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I will I mean I would consider that a phobia. I mean it's it's got got it in the name. So I'm,
1: I'm I'm making a little bit of a joke though, because that's a visual phobia. It'll never come into play for us.
0: <laughs> I so think so until I yeah, I'm gonna make a honey. I was gonna make a honeycomb-shaped uh, dungeon. Now oh I gotta God. scrap that. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, those are just here. tunnels, man. you can make tunnels. We gotta, we gotta move forward because I gotta get through the session zero. We're so close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the next section is called Know Your Players. Um, I'm gonna run through. Um, I've got five questions here. Um, so. <laughs> These are just to kind of understand what interests you you guys in the game. Um, So which of the three pillars of adventuring interests you the most? The three pillars are combat, exploration, role-playing. And we'll just go down the list and you can can let me know uh, which one interests you the most and uh, give like a brief explanation of why. Uh,
6: So we'll start with Eric. Oh, hi. Uh, I like role playing. Uh, I think it's really
5: fun to do different voices, um, as you've probably noticed with my different types of voices I've done. Um, I I just really enjoy it. I like combat as well, Uh, even though I'm not (laughs) the best at it. I like learning about it um, and learning how to uh, integrate all my abilities better and differently. Definitely role playing and doing different voices. That's one of the things I got into uh, with D and D. Is like it's it's like improv, right? I love improv.
0: Right. Awesome. Okay. Um, Coco, what about you?
1: I'm also I also like role play, but I'm not so good when it comes to voices and things like that. The thing I enjoy most is being presented with scenarios that I'd never encounter in real life. Um. for for example what would we do if one of our players killed somebody how would i react to that in real life you know if, if somebody i knew and cared about killed someone what would i do it's 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 a really hard question i like thinking about them sometimes i lock up as a result of it but i like having my brain work on like what would i do
0: okay awesome that's two for rp so far um (laughs) MK-002. <laughs> it's
2: like a machine gun. It's like a Gatling gun.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy role-playing a gun. It's, it's really all I've ever wanted to do. No, I, I enjoy spending time with interesting people and telling collaborative stories. I think that's the best part of D&D for me, for sure. So, I mean, role-play, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're on a hot
6: streak. Um, pizza, how about you?
7: So I'm gonna end up chalking another one for role playing um this is what my fourth character i think uh ever, and I just I'm doing everything I can to figure out the most ridiculous accent and or character profile <laughs> setup. So I played a dwarf that was semi reminiscent of Schwarzenegger on one of our campaigns a while back. <laughs> um Obviously, I play a stoner cleric. In this, I play a dark elf who exclusively speaks Undercommon. Um, just doing off-the-wall stuff is kind of amusing to me and seeing how I can fit it in and and make it work, basically. Um, I do also enjoy the combat aspect. I've got to add that in. Um, that's something that I've been a little bit uh, disappointed with Rolf in is just the lack of combat, and this character is... Uh, my intent is to kind of reflect my desire to get in there and uh, mess things up with this guy. <laughs>
1: I believe it's not a normal combat unless we hear Ralph Ralph say "motherfucker" at least once <laughs> when his uh, you know guiding Bolt misses.
7: Exactly, it's because I just can't fucking do anything with Ralph. I think I've fixed it. I think I've fixed it. We'll see.
6: Awesome. All right,
2: somebody. Hi. Once told me. On that note, by the way, clerics are powerhouses. You'll see sooner or later. <laughs> but also. Um, to me, honestly, I like combat the most. Um, this is coming from someone that loves our, you know, turn-based strategy games. So I feel like combat's very much like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really like combat. I really like kind of seeing the battlefield and figuring out what's the my options and the best way to to Kill proceed. Party. And, well, that's part of it, you know, because it's like I also have to take into account what you guys are going to do and how to keep you alive while you're doing it. So I really like combat. Um, my secondary is definitely role-playing. Uh, I like role-playing. I like, uh, all the weird situations we put ourselves in, how everybody's reacting, how to pick it up from the ground, or just let her run with it, because I have no control of the situation. Um, so those are my two pillars. I don't know about... Exploration is fun, in the sense of, like, dungeons and towns, but it can get tedious. Like, I know sometimes when we're in a super long dungeon, I kind of burn out. <laughs> it's like my brain has been on
1: survival for too long and I'm just like, I can't, I'm tired. What is this gonna end? See, I, I I try to like exploration, but then the wand of secrets doesn't work, and so I'm just like, is there even anything to look, <laughs> look for? Look, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Elliot found the one secret door in that fucking dungeon I'm sorry (laughs) it's a terrible item
1: but um, it's really bad Um, we're we're talking specifically the dungeon how the urns in it right uh yeah Yeah. we found one secret door no we found two we found the one that had the silver bars and the paintings in it that was in the Kenku building we
2: didn't have the wand by
1: then yeah yeah we didn't have the wand that one we found naturally um but uh then we spent so long arguing over what we should do and how we should carry things that the cops came and made it, so we were like we gotta ditch the goods boys <laughs> i got some of those i smuggled some yeah yeah you did <laughs> i was that was my first session so i was like what what do i do
0: all right so that's four for rp one for combat um with uh rp being a close second um That establishes who leads the group, by the way, (laughs) I can tell you that my my favorite thing is RP as well. Um, I don't particularly enjoy exploration and I struggle with combat. Um, I'm learning to have a lot more fun with it because I'm uh, reading uh, blog posts for the monsters know what they're doing, which is a wonderful resource for DMs. Um, Absolutely check it out. Uh, He does great work. I have his book. I plan to buy a second book or his third book, actually. Um, So I'm having more fun with it and I'm building maps and things. So that makes it a little bit more interesting um, than typical 5e uh, theater of the mind, which is how they originally intended it. Uh, It's not quite as much fun that way. I think it's more fun with maps and things like that. Um, But RP is definitely my favorite thing. I love to tell a good story um and combat's a close second and as far as exploration it it does get i agree with zero it gets pretty monotonous um especially when you're just doing a dungeon crawl um maybe it would be more interesting if you were say in a forest or um something like that or you were looking for something specific but so far i've just Uh stuck these guys in caves and uh
1: mines i don't know mammoth I, I think sometimes exploration works best this is a theory mostly when you don't have a whole lot of ground to cover but there's a whole lot of things in one place that you might not have figured out it's like murder mystery style exploration i think is the easiest to keep up with because if it's big and sprawling you know that's like a situation where the water secrets won't work as an example so like you have to constantly be doing something to up your exploration or to cover all the ground whereas if it's small you know you do a couple perception checks you catch those key items and you move on to the next thing
0: yeah Yeah, that's true i mean if there was a reason for you guys to like keep having to go back to a place to look for something maybe it would be more interesting maybe i just need to rethink the way i look at exploration
1: i think uh um you ever play a game called dark cloud for playstation, PlayStation Oh 2?
2: yeah it's the best ever I, I the first class, one
1: yeah first one was really good it had it had some interesting mechanics i went back and played it and it didn't meet my memory but it was still a fun game uh, summary for that is most of the game kind of takes place in large, long hallways and a couple of plain rooms. But uh, cool. the interesting rooms always have some type of key feature. Like there's a waterfall where you have to refill your canteen or there's a mine cart that takes you into a, a bonus room. Think, like Things like that where there's moments when you know the exploration has to start. That way you're not like tripped up, you know, thinking you have to be looking at all the, to- all the time. All the time
2: um interesting yeah but i don't want to work for dnd though because n d um yeah like there's no queues because we the players think everything's a queue mm-hmm. a bookshelf there was this bookshelf no it's a bookshelf that, that's the, the fair, chest you know. some,
1: something you can do to mitigate that though is to make it so like when things are there to look for it's densely packed so people are looking If it's relatively sparse, you're not going to spend a whole lot of time. Like if there's a single thing, you go check it and that's it. But if there's a lot of stuff and you don't know what's important, that's when you search.
0: That's true. Awesome. Okay. Um, I think that we had some good discussion about that and I've got a pretty good idea and I imagine the other DMs do as well about um, what everybody's interested in. Um, Next one um this is gonna be a fun one how much humor do you like in the game now <laughs> we we pack that shit in like a clown power.
1: arguably we need to trim it back
0: if i laugh i leave <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. so, uh, everybody i would like to just proceed forward exactly two steps and then i will be rolling a search check mammoth is this okay with you
0: <laughs> awesome all right um I mean, I feel like I feel like this is a pretty obvious one. If any of you have listened to our streams, like um, we have a pretty wide range of things, um, feelings and emotions that go through the game. But the prevailing one is definitely humor and anxiety, just like in real life. (laughs) This
1: is where I get my supernatural stress out so I don't worry about fake things in real life.
0: Right. Um. So I don't think we need to dwell on this one too long. I, I don't, unless someone disagrees and thinks that, you know, we're just too funny and we need to calm down. Um, God, if you got to stop. I'm just cracking <laughs> up inside already. Yeah. Um, next one is, um, I, I don't, I don't see this one being much of anything either, but I'm going to mention it just for the sake of the session zero. Um, what level of technology do, do you prefer? So, um in our main campaign guns are a thing they're not extremely common but they do exist uh warforged constructs those are all things that exist we have a flying airship um so i'm kind of curious how you guys feel about that would you prefer like a more um low-tech uh kind of story or are you kind of happy with what's going on and how i i mean you can come with come to me with an idea and i can usually find some kind of way to figure it out
4: i was just gonna say when you allowed me to make my walking submachine gun character mk002 i really thought that you had jumped the shark in allowing modern weaponry into the D campaign but i think that we'll see during this campaign that even modern 2021 Military grade technology has a place in this <laughs> in this fantasy setting. Oh my god!
1: It's called it's called que- Question for uh, Mark Two: um, You ever watched that one Stephen King movie where the trucks are sentient? Yes. That firstly scarred me. Your character better not be that machine gun that parked out by the gas pumps. Are you talking about Cars? <laughs> yes, so. the Disney Pixar movie Cars
4: he
2: is sentient. <laughs>
1: Stephen (laughs) King. Stephen (laughs) King. I don't know if it was called Cars. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, might, it might be called like Hot Rod or something like that, I couldn't tell you. Alright,
2: just so you know, uh, there's a movie uh, called Cars, where there's a bunch uh, of Disney Irby?
1: cars alive. I promise you, it's not <laughs> Disney Cars, it's the one with the machine gun, and the girl steps out at the gas station and says, We made you! We made you! And then she gets shot 50 times in the chest, and I was five when I saw that, and I can't forget it, and it gives me nightmares sometimes. I don't think I've seen, actually, I don't think I've seen that movie, I thought you were talking about Christine. Can in all seriousness, I don't. I don't, know. I don't think.
4: Right. I mean, for me personally, I don't care as long as it fits the story and it's fun. Like that elevator you had in the last dungeon. I wasn't like fucking elevator. Where, where did they come up with this technology? And I think that you know, if anyone yeah. does
1: complain, um, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> the,
4: movie is max,
1: the movie is Maximum Overdrive. It is a Stephen King.
4: Oh, episode. that was. Is that the one that he did that was only a movie and he didn't write the book? Think so. No. I
1: don't know enough about Stephen King. No, this no. movie scarred me because I saw it on cable TV. And I was not yeah, old enough to see this movie. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty comfortable where, where we are with technology.
5: Like the flying airships, like that's fine. And there might be like a few exceptions to like, yeah, I don't want this or yes, I do want this. Right. Um, but that that's just like a, a gray area.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> it's. It's interesting um, because, like, if you read over Eberron like it, it gets some it can be so much more high tech. And mm-hmm. I would love to do that at some point, but it's it's not for this game. Like this game is guns exist like there. Are, there are standard uh, bolt action rifles and that kind of stuff. Uh, flint flint locks and all of that and there's a there's a flying ship but um the flying ship is one of a kind and hasn't been duplicated yet so you know i'm kind of i kind of like that situation where guns are kind of a thing they're not extremely common but you can get a gun if you try hard enough and like there's one flying ship and their constructs and Warforge kind of wandering around isn't there an honest to god submarine in the campaign
4: (laughs) there was was. i mean i feel like if you get the technology to make a submarine you're only like 10 years away from internet (laughs) (laughs) no because magic is a thing so i'm sorry magic internet
5: (laughs) Since, since Clayton never, never existed, do I get the submarine? No, I've got the submarine. We already established that.
2: Wait, you <laughs> yeah. got the submarine? What did you get the submarine? Because
5: I've been in the... the i lived out no, Clayton's life. Clayton, no, not you. no, does
1: the submarine? It makes sense you. <laughs> I said nobody gets the submarine. Um, uh, we do have to justify how Volo and... Uh, the captain, sorry, I forgot your character's full name because it's still new. Made it to the continent in order for Becky to die. You mean the sergeant? So the sub- yeah, sergeant. <laughs> I mean, they Joe got Heathrow. over there somehow. Originally, Clayton and Winstalker and Volo went by submarine. So um, different campaign, different campaign. Yeah, we'll oh yeah, oh, okay. worthy ratings. Balls, in, balls in your court on that one, mammoth. I think, I think uh, the sergeant owns a submarine. <laughs>
0: general edit all this out general mark the time it is 9 10. oh thank you mountain standard and, time um that would be about the minutes. Plus
1: 30 minutes, yeah. last 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> anyhow we're gonna move on to the next thing what i'm hearing is I,
1: i'm sorry uh, my my take on tech this is as far as i like to go usually that's like fair. The, that's, the, tur- the turnover of a new era is, I think, a sweet spot where the old stuff is still relevant, but the new stuff's about to overshadow it. Yeah. And, any, any further, and then I feel like classes get cut out.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very much where I sit with it. Like, we're in, we're in a sweet spot with technology. Like, we are we're trying to manage homeostasis right now, just leave everything how it is and I'm happy with that. I was just going to say, it kind of sounds like pre-industrial steampunk to me. Yeah, kind of. Like, that's, that's, cool. that's how I've been looking at it. It's like steampunk with magic.
2: I mean, I honestly could care less what technology you make. If tomorrow you tell me that there's freaking just hoverboards everywhere, I'd be like, okay, where are they coming from? How do I get one? I would ask
1: why I can buy a Pepsi. Yeah,
0: <laughs> So you can
2: dumb it down or bring it up as much as you want.
0: I'll roll with it. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the situation we're at um, as far as everything goes. Um, that might change. Um, who knows? Aliens might invade the planet and they'll have uh, like ray guns or some shit.
1: Oh, God. We'll become we getting to my if they kill
0: them and I'm OK with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: next is where this
1: hell is.
0: <laughs> next question is. Um, So I haven't done this very much. I would like to try to implement it, but do you enjoy solving in-game puzzles and riddles?
3: Hmm.
2: I'm gonna say yes, but honestly, I hate them. Yes,
3: yeah.
2: I think they're a necessary part of the D and D experience. So the answer to the question is yes.
0: As long as
7: you don't do the one truth, one tells truths, one tells lies.
0: Yeah, what, about, <laughs> what about the what about the spanks, uh, question? The three legs, two legs, and then four legs, two legs, three legs. I think that's perfect. The
1: one? I, I already know the answer to that one. You have to be careful with riddles because they're either way too hard or way too easy. So I don't think yeah. riddles work well in the
0: medium. Yeah, uh, I I think that I would only use a riddle if it was a very specific thing, and also like I don't like. Um, I, I like the idea that you guys could solve the riddle with a roll if you really tried to. Um That is useful too. So that's that's another option for that. Um which we've only put one riddle in the original campaign and uh General solved it. Uh in an <laughs> It was in- me and someone else. Yeah. I think it was green. Yeah, you guys solved it like instantly. So I, I was remember the riddle, honestly. Yeah, the answer was laughter. It was Yes, something yes. something something in slaughter i rest oh. I, right.
1: think, job, I, I think if you want if you want to go like crazy boss, the walls throwing a hard riddle at us is not a bad idea but it's gotta it's gotta be a moment that sticks i i think physical puzzles are more interesting to me than just like blocking something off with an easy riddle yeah i'm excited. if it's, if it's a agree. hard
0: riddle and we have a long time to think about it i love that yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I like um a good physical puzzle over a riddle because there there are so many ways that you could go about solving one of those. And also I have a ton of those now thanks to Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. She has puzzles mm. there, and they're wonderful. <laughs> um and they can be reused over and over and over in different situations. So Does does it come with a, like a a visual guide? That's another important thing. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um Sorry, visual aid is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, it's got um, different grids that explain different things and stuff like that, and shows you how to make the puzzles and things like that. Um, so I'm getting that you guys, um, for the most part, enjoy puzzles. Is there anyone that's just like fuck puzzles? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm smart
5: enough to solve them, but I'm not going to say fuck puzzles.
2: You solved the last one. What do you mean?
5: <laughs> what that riddle? Yeah. I mean like I like we said, that was
2: like a really simple one, but well, I didn't get it. Are you going be stupid? Our characters got beef uh, apparently. yeah,. Make that cannon.
0: <laughs> the next question um asks about how you guys feel about tracking XP over the milestone system. um I'm gonna be doing the milestone system um because of the nature of this game um. So we don't really have to go over that. I think that most of us probably prefer Milestone over XP anyway. Yeah. I think
1: Milestone gives the DM more control. And also sometimes the rate at which we play means if we were to do XP, we'd probably be playing for like years before we went up a level. Give me some press. I, I actually don't know how fast experience works, but I see those small numbers. And I'm like, is, is this really how people play the game?
0: Yeah, it also, it also depends on the DM, honestly. Like if the DM is, there are so many different ways to track XP. Um, If you have a DM that's just tracking it based on like you get a certain amount per day and then you get a certain amount for uh, fights, then it could take forever. Or if someone gives you XP, like, oh, you did something nice. Here's 15 XP, like the way I hand out inspiration, then you could level up a lot quicker. But I mean... So, the camp
1: one of the campaigns I started in about in the same time we started this one in, um, that was a DM who did not know how to use the milestone system. Yeah, he, he had other issues as well, but he essentially like got through his first <laughs> arc and he's like, "Congratulations, you guys level up twice." And the first twice. arc was yeah, the fir- well, he was essentially trying to up the rewards to keep us interested, right? Because he didn't really know exactly what to do to make his story interesting. It was it was a bit tragic because ultimately his flaw was he was too focused on telling his story and he was just kind of dragging everybody else's characters along for the ride i don't think you have that problem i feel like you are a dm that can be trusted with the milestone system who won't just hand it out like candy you'll hand it out as the narrative deems it necessary
0: yeah i've also found a an interesting way to do it, uh, which I'm not doing We're not doing it for this campaign, but I'm thinking about maybe starting to implement it for the uh, primary campaign is that whatever level you are, you have to make it through um, that many sessions or that and a half as many sessions. So like you guys are level seven, right? Mm -hmm. So you would have to make it through either seven or 11 sessions and then you would level up i'm leaning towards the one and a half rule Mm, Um, that's interesting i'm against um
1: anything that makes the party level up unevenly unfortunately i think if experience or milestone is done everybody has to go up the same rate unless it's something specifically designed for the character to be wimpy or be strong and then be destroyed narratively i'm okay with that but I think the general rule is everybody has to be equal or else it's gonna feel unfair.
0: Yeah. I mean you got if I use that system, you'll all level up at the same time because you're all the um, same level. Okay, I um, understood. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like if you miss the session, it's not like sucks for you, man. You level up next session. It would I would still count it as a level up, even if you miss the session. Um, yeah. but I'm still toying with that because I also feel like there are certain points where you guys deserve to level up, and that might be before the 11th session or the 7th session, or it might be that for your 11th or 7th session, you guys sat around with your dicks in your hands. I'm like, I'm not leveling you up for that. (laughs) Come on, Mavie.
3: You don't (laughs) know how
0: hard What do you mean? What do you mean? All right. But yeah, that's that's my feel. I I like the milestone system. I think that it's um, I think that it's good for storytelling. If you're in a combat focused um game, then XP is probably better for you. Um, but I I like using milestone. I just think that it's more impactful.
2: Amith, um, I love leveling. So whatever way you choose to give that to me it does not matter.
0: Ooh, uh,
1: one exception. <laughs> If somebody pulls, I don't remember which card it is from a deck of many things, and gets the level up, that's the one exception.
2: Oh, On that note, actually, I was going to say, you know, you'd be surprised. Um, like, well, it's a headache for the GM, so I don't recommend it just for man's six. But for general power level, um, it doesn't matter if a character's higher or lower, unless it's like a huge gap. If you're talking about five level difference, yeah. all right, that's a little bit outrageous, but... D&D has only a few key level of spikes. Like, if, you're, if I'm level 7 and you're level 6, you're not going to notice that level, that level difference. Even if it's an ability score improvement level of difference, it's really your stats go by 1 or 2 at most in key points. And because each character has such different roles that they fit into how they operate, you don't really notice a 1 or 2 level difference in between the party.
5: I, I mean, we're the same level,
1: and I already see the power gap.
2: What do you mean? You're
1: so much more power better at right being here. combative. You know how to play your character to maximize yeah. it better. But
2: but yeah. that's that's a, that's a class difference. That's not
1: a power. That's not a level difference. I'm, that, I mean, that would yeah, have existed
2: anyways. Teams. You could have been level 8, and I could stay level 6, and I'm still going to be able to fireball a room if that's what you're referring to. Like, yeah, that's what I am referring <laughs> to. That
7: has to do with your user experience, knowing what you're doing. Because That's, there are countless hours
1: yeah. of D&D. Right. Here's an argument for a statistical difference, too. Let's say we got two people of the exact same fire, exact same class, exact same starting level, but one is one's one level higher. Statistically speaking, the person who's barely better has a greater chance of killing an enemy and earning experience. So that kind of snowballs, because if you're ahead at some point, you're going to, keep being ahead unless some weird happenstance of luck happens
2: well i guess but what but that's not how dnd works though like dnd doesn't really uh, work in the sense of like, like if we're if we're tracking experience, like, which is in your example, experience doesn't work as last hit gets experience. Experience works as everybody that participated
1: in the battle. That entirely depends on what rules are implemented, which which is why I'm a firm believer in group experience over individual. If oh. it's individual, that's the scenario where that happens, and that's not oh. a good scenario in my book.
2: Oh, I've never I've never played a, a campaign that's like that. so... That's I what, only, I, I don't I've, I've only I heard
1: of it. I've only been warded specifically to say that that's something that can happen and should be avoided. Oh, nice. No, I've never terrifying. seen it personally.
2: Don't ever do that. That's horrible. What? So the, the whole party's fighting for last kill and then nobody exactly hits the thing that. because everybody's holding mm-hmm. their. <laughs> no,
1: that's terrifying.
2: It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't do that. That's horrible. Oh, my God. You I... know
5: how low ro- low level Rolf would be right now for not getting <laughs> the last kill. Level
7: zero. Oh,
1: we'll go into the sewers. I'll weaken the rats so you can stomp them. Wait, what,
3: bro? You
1: want me to do what? I <laughs> just want to snap their heads. Don't worry, only- I'll make certain they don't have any arms <laughs> or legs, so it's easy.
2: The only time I've ever seen anybody get different experiences, is like if it's character solo stuff, right? Like. Like I don't know, like Clayton going around getting his wish ring to then become a vampiric or whatever. Okay, then Clayton levels, but that's just it was a solo adventure for Clayton. You know what I mean?
1: But, yeah, that that can be narratively played in a way where like we could catch up eventually too.
2: Yeah, normally yeah. if like the party enters a situation, the party gets experienced for the situation. That's how I've always. I've never heard of the, How you were referring to? That sounds. Uh,
1: I I've only horrible. read of it. I have horrible. not experienced <laughs> it. I have, I have experience saying
0: that. that. That is, is a that's like that's a PUBG game. It's, you guys are all shooting the same person, and when that person goes down, you just kill the next person. That would be a TPK every time. Yeah,
3: yeah. I like I that. would
0: straight up like that's that's competitive D and D, and that's that's not good. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on then. Uh, we're getting close to wrapping up this session zero. Um, next thing I want to talk about is house rules. Um, we have two, and I couldn't think of any more. Um, so, our first house rule is uh, critical hits equal max die damage plus die roll plus modifier. So, for an example, if MK002 made a critical unarmed attack, his damage would be one D four plus three plus an additional four is that is the max that he can roll on a D four, meaning that the lowest amount of damage that he could deal on a critical hit would be eight damage. And the max that he could do would be 11 damage on a critical hit. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty straightforward. Um, basically, if you get a crit, you do max die damage plus a die roll plus your modifier. That's how we've been doing it. And that works both ways. That works for the PCs. That works for the people they're fighting. So it's really good for them. And it's really bad for them at the same time. Um, Other thing I have is that ingesting a healing potion during combat is a bonus action. Um, A lot of people say that it should be an action. Other people say that it should be a free action. So. I compromised and made it a bonus action.
1: Um, it's feeding someone a potion is an action, though, right?
0: Um, yes, if they're unconscious and you have to walk over to deal with them, then that is your action. they good.
1: Awesome. Um, First, so- personally, I feel it's really good because, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like potions are kind of an underused healing method.
2: Yeah, potions suck. Yeah, they are.
1: So anything that gives them a slight boost is good in my book.
2: Yeah. Make potions great again.
7: Remember that for when Bolt's <laughs> tapped out next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so for the moment we're calling uh this Yotina's Mercenaries. Um where I imagine that that name will change um as you guys establish yourselves and figure out what your group name is. Um but that's what we're calling it for now. <laughs> So now is a good time for me to talk to you guys about this thing that we're doing, and by you guys, I mean our listeners. Uh, we've kind of gone over this ad nauseum with our with our players, but
5: um, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what's going on.
0: I would love to see for ride, bro. So this is how this is going to work. We are going to be working with a rotating cast of DMs. Myself, Green, General, and Chip will be all be DMing a session uh once per month. One of us will pop in and DM a session, uh, which will even out to between three and five episodes, depending on how long we go. Um also um I forgot that I haven't talked to you guys about this yet, so this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> so I want to um rotate the cast of players. So with all six of us playing with six players and a DM, it's very chaotic and very loud and it's hard for people to interact with each other effectively. So what I want to do is I want to have two people rotate in and out. Um, We can like make a list of who plays which session and so on and so forth. Um, I'll volunteer to sit out for the first one. I need another volunteer that's okay with sitting out for that one as well. And then next session, we'll find two other people will sit out and we'll rotate it around that way so that there are always four players and one DM. Um, So I know that I meant to talk to you guys about this sooner. I completely forgot that I hadn't. Um, so I wanted to give you guys a chance to talk about this and see how you feel about it. Hmm. I
2: don't like it, (laughs) but I don't understand the intent to be fair. So what's the intent of two people sitting out?
0: So it will, uh, it'll keep the number of players down. Um, so essentially what it's doing is it's your character, um, like if you set out a session, your character is not leaving the game. They're not going away. They're off doing something else and they come back the next session and they're the same level. Nothing changes like they still leveled up with everyone else. Everything's the same. But the intent is to have less people being recorded at once to make it so that we can um, so that the quality of. The session is better because when there are six people in a group, it's hard for everyone to get get their, uh, you know, get their feelings in and get everything, get a word in edgewise um, against, you know, uh, five other people.
1: And I assume we'd also allow a cover to happen. So maybe we'd have somebody on standby in the event that somebody gets called out who was originally scheduled to be in. Like, if if Baz can't make it, for example.
0: Right. Yeah and that would be that would work as well like if someone can't make it like you can message the people that were supposed to set out that week and then they can pop in um but yeah so essentially what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to make it so that the quality of the game um is the- also, to make it easier on
1: uh, newer DMs. Like, I, I, yeah. I've i done a session before, but uh, General hasn't done one yet. So he is going to be freshest to us. And maybe having, like, five, <laughs> six people on him is a bit much. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: General's DM before,
2: though. Did you know you were DMing that one game before? I don't know if we still are, but... What one game? Weren't you DMing, like, a game in person before? Like, a while back?
5: Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. It it wasn't it didn't go
2: well. Oh, you almost killed mm. all of them or something. I remember mm. we were having yeah conversation. yeah they all
5: they all they all almost died to four level, uh, challenge rating one fourth skeleton. I promise you, general, <laughs> that they
4: deserved it. How did they almost
5: <laughs> die? Wait, what level were they? It, I don't know. I don't know. What level were they?
2: Level three, I think. Level three and they died to four yeah. skeletons. Yeah, it was really bad. just <laughs> bad luck. This sounds like they oh, yeah. wanted to die. Like how do you how does that happen? <laughs> Alright, sorry. I um, mean oh, yeah, I guess a couple of them were first timers,
5: but like yep. still <laughs> <laughs> wait, was it their first session? Uh it was a couple of their first sessions,
2: yeah. Uh maybe they didn't know what level three could do. Okay, I
5: okay. Maybe if they didn't
1: prioritize their attacks properly. Right. It's like and maybe if they missed just enough time spread over enough things so they're constantly taking full damage. Yeah, so that could go I could see that <laughs> going bad in the right ways
2: whatever (laughs) um i'm okay with it i mean if the part if we want to follow the direction that's fine uh just a heads up would be nice that way i know what i'm doing with my weekend
0: yeah um so my plan um so there will only ever be four pcs per session after this first one i plan on i planned on everyone being here for this first one we're gonna play a session tonight everybody's gonna be here and Going forward, we're going to figure out a rotation to ensure that everyone gets a chance to play and that we'll have, like, a schedule of who plays when. And if you guys mess want to, like, switch it around and talk to each other, then you absolutely can. But we will have, like, a concrete schedule set up so that we know who's playing and who's not on any, you know, on every month. Um. So we all have PCs, including the DMs. Uh, whenever someone is DMing, uh, their character will be off screen, taking care of other matters that interest them, and will come back in when it is time for someone else to DM. This will make it easier for the DMs, since they will not have to manage an extra NPC when it isn't necessary. So um, now the uh, last thing I want to talk about for this um Session Zero is um, we, the DMs, are going to talk about our general play styles and how we like to DM a group. Um, I'll go first, um, as most of you have probably figured out throughout the course of this or playing with me or listening to the stream. um, I'm very story driven and I love uh, telling a story and exploration having you guys discover things. Um, Combat is not my forte, but I have tried to include it more, more often because I know that several of my players really like combat and enjoy it. Um, It's not my strongest area, but there will be some combat and I will do my best to make it engaging and entertaining. Um, So...
6: Sometimes
0: terrifying. Yeah, but who
5: are you? I've never met you in my life.
0: <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I'm Kenny. Um that's that's my name. Um people on here call me Mammoth. You'll hear <laughs> Mammoth or Kenny, either one, that's me. Um but yeah, uh let's talk to the other guys. Um, I wanna know about you guys and what your DMing style is like. Um if you have something um, specific that you want to say, um, you're more than welcome. Uh, let's start with let's start with MK 2 and work up to the top. Oh, from the bottom. Hmm.
4: Uh, I don't have a particular DM style. I don't think I just like to I like to just write a kind of like a short story and then see how people in- interact with it. Um, I get all of my combat directly from other other websites and then I click the scale to CR rating button (laughs) and then I add difficulty on top of it because people in this group are too good at fighting things but I don't even like I don't even do a lot of fighting in my campaigns because I'm not I don't really care for that overall I like I prefer seeing because these guys make such cool interesting characters it's more fun for me to see how they interact with people and each other than it is for me to see them fight but that's just selfish and I don't I don't actually care what they want <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm DMing the second session, guys. Surprise!
1: As, <laughs> as a compliment to you, chips, you're really good at reskinning something to the situation to the point where it's like it's identifiable as in the moment, but not something that we can recognize. So it definitely throws us for a loop. Oh, okay. I, I, like uh, the mushroom creature that actually had a Trent tree stat block, but also had the uh, oh, yeah the vari- the variation on its. Uh, or spreading spawning method. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I almost always change the name
4: of the thing so it's not actually from D&D so that like, everybody here who actually plays D&D doesn't
1: know what it is. You did a really good job making it functionally the same by also making it have an entirely different flavor to it. So that is very much one of your strengths. Oh, well, thank you. But I, I think that's, <laughs> that's just that's my style in a nutshell. I just like to write a short story and see how you guys
4: mess it up. Nice. And uh, <laughs> who are you? Uh, I am, uh, who I mean, uh, many- <laughs> what's,
1: your, what's your tag? But you go, like, Chip Oh, Chipmunks, right? sure.
4: Right. Or you guys can call me Gabe. I'm sure, like, as we DM, people will call me Clayton, or Chip, or, uh, or whatever.
6: Jackass. I like to call you
0: Chips. <laughs>
6: Chip, <laughs> chips is really good, too.
0: Alright, um, uh, Green, why don't you tell us about you and your DMing style? Okay. I my
1: uh my username is Green Protagonist. You can my real name is Patrick. Um my style is I'm probably more of an overthinker, a heavy planner. I really like to make maps and make solid things and then try to figure out where I can stick as many traps or secrets in as possible. So, so far, I've done exactly one DMing thing where I made a singular arena and I just kind of looked at every single corner of the map and was like, what can I put here? What can I stuff in this little space? And when things are, or as things are explored and brought up, I'll do my best to adapt in the moment. But my, My thinking tends to be very stationary and solid. So sometimes it's a little hard for me to swing and come up with something on the fly, but I'll do my best at it. (laughs) Definitely something I want to uh, improve with this upcoming attempt. Um, One of my weaknesses is I don't really have a criminal mentality. So it's really hard for me to think sneakily.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's not true. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I might not think in lethal, trappy ways, so that is definitely something I'm going to do my best to overcome with this. Um, Something I think is very much my strong suit is math and, and things of that sort. Like, the balancing of creatures is something I take very seriously. I like to scour the handbook for things that make sense in a given scenario. And then i will homebrew them to make it so they fit the players and their power levels for the time that they're coming into play awesome It wasn't very good the first time around but i think i think as i go i improve my personal ag- algorithm and i make it so it's more appropriate to the given scenario
3: Hey,
2: what do you hey, mean?
1: What was wrong with the first time you... Did that it? rat. Fuck that rat. Fuck uh, that <laughs> rat. Yeah, had yeah, I H- had that
2: little bastard.
1: It <laughs> um, had 1 HP. Listen, listen. It had 1 HP. Um, also, I did intentionally make it ungrabbable, but I didn't realize that because I forgot I put that feature in there. Like, I can give you the stat block if you want to look at it. It was supposed to be immune to grappling because <laughs> I intended for him to be oily and slippery i hate that bullshit is what it is (laughs) he he, he was supposed to be the pet of a legendary drow warrior somebody like a dritz character and so he was supposed to be like the pet of something that made it to level 18 and they got separate at some point he was just living in that sewer so i was like well what would the pet of an extraordinarily strong player be like and i was like give it a legendary action especially if it's really scrawny it had to survive everything that player went through somehow (laughs)
7: Three oh legendary actions. <laughs> no,
1: no, oh, just yeah. one. Everything has three. What, leg- uh, one? I could have sworn I know, he three. Means, he means, I, didn't, he I means, didn't make him super powerful. I just made it so he had every evasive thing in the book.
2: No, no, he means every. He means he had three uses of the legendary actions.
0: Mm, let me check the stat block again. <laughs> All right. While you're doing that, we'll hop over to General. Tell us about yeah. you. Who the fuck are you?
5: <laughs> well i i was gonna comment real quick on uh green's uh red thorn Gauntlet. i i loved it uh i thought it was fun um because we didn't we didn't know made
1: him suffer yeah yeah I,
5: i'm getting to that i'm getting to that <laughs> um uh i like the a- aspect of how many rounds there were because like i played a sorcerer and as like i don't want to use all of these spell slots because i don't know what's coming the next wave, you know? So I thought it was fun and challenging. Um, and here, here's where we're getting to this. Uh, if you ever want to piss off one of your players and make them hold a grudge, uh, line up all of your bad guys and then uh, have your player cast uh, Lightning Bolt and then Counterspell him. He's great. <laughs>
1: Works every time. To be fair, I, I drummed him up. I was very much like, oh my god, I didn't even realize. Oh wait, never mind, Counterspell. <laughs> so i i blame myself for not being on top of that because if no, i had known my wizard better i wouldn't have gotten him so excited
5: <laughs> yeah and still uh, holding the grudge but it's fine we're good we're
7: in good terms
1: <laughs> Jin, you are correct he does have three legendary actions but he can only dash um, yeah. disengage dodge or hide
7: uh-huh I know, because I would have killed him twice
1: out yeah. of those three legendary actions. You got me. Oh, God. All right. Um, oh,
0: Neb, you rest in peace. <laughs> all right. Uh, General, tell us about you. Um, yeah. I want to know about your DMing style.
5: Yeah. So my name is Jeremy. You'll, uh, people mostly call me Windstalker. Uh, <laughs> that was my last character. He had a name change recently, and people won't, won't call me by that name, uh, which is fine. I guess. <laughs> um, my DM style is it's all in my head. Like I have everything pictured um, and I'm just trying to get it down on paper um, so that I can uh, follow notes uh, and go uh, just along with uh, what's written in, or what's in my brain, but on paper. Uh, my weakness to uh, DMing is I'm pretty new, as you heard before. Um, so I have a hard time describing the atmosphere, what's going on around uh, and like scribing buildings and things like that. That was my biggest uh, downfall, I think. Uh, and then also just like general like story progression, like, hey, this is the thing that you need to do next. Um, that's what I'm going to try to be uh, working on uh, with this uh, next uh, one shot coming up. Um, and like I said before, my strength is uh, I like to do many different voices. Um, I've done. Uh, Patrick Warburton, uh, you'll hear, uh, in this session, a different voice, uh, that you'll probably all recognize, but uh, I don't want to give anything away.
0: Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited to play, uh, with all of these DMs. Um, I should note that, um, one of my, uh, short shortcomings as well is being descriptive. is not something that I'm especially great at. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to with uh, recording this as a podcast is that um, I'm going to do my best to be more descriptive of what's going on around everyone and what the place feels like, uh, because it's definitely something that I struggle with.
1: Um, Something Mammoth does not struggle with. He is one hell of a schemer. (laughs) You you give him a scenario and he can completely turn it on its head to a point where you don't expect anything at all to be
0: happening. Yeah. um, What's funny is I had no idea what I was going to do in Epford's Crossing when I sent you there. And it changed. Somehow
1: you were able to completely change and warp everything from my expectations.
0: Yeah, I took Epford Crossing and I like balled it up and made it even smaller and like turned it on its ear. But yeah, I I had no idea. I didn't know what I was doing uh, when you guys got to Epford's Crossing. So I'm very happy with the results as terrible as they are.
1: <laughs> everyone I know is dead. Not everyone, hey, no, most, just most of them. Most of the people I know are dead.
0: Your girlfriend's still alive. You could make her your wife. This you is just a plus. Get the balls for it. <laughs> All Thanks. right. Thanks, man. Awesome. Um, so we're getting ready to wrap up session zero. Um, we went longer than I thought we would, um, which isn't a bad thing. That's great. We had some amazing conversation. Everyone was very engaging. I'm very excited about this. Um, but before we close this out, do any of you have any questions for me or any of the other DMs?
2: At a level?
1: oh my god yeah role play right (laughs) oh we are leveling every session right so the characters always go up one level
0: no Uh, okay that's that's no that's correct i i forgot to mention that um so after every session slash mini arc um the characters will level up um if someone has a session that runs into two sessions which i'm hoping doesn't happen very often but in the off chance that it doesn't it will be up to the dm to decide whether they level up after you know in the middle of the mini arc or at the end um but But ultimately uh, we're doing a
1: maximum of 17 mini arcs and that's probably going to end with somebody fighting tmi Yeah,
2: we'll see (laughs) maybe Tiamat. Um, have we seen the stat block for Tiamat? I don't know about I have that. no
1: idea what the stat block for Tiamat <laughs> is, but I certainly hope a uh, team of f- like 5-4 level 20 adventures have a chance.
0: She's That's easier that. than the Tarasca. Tarasca, I think. Oh, debatable. I mean, on paper. on Her CR is lower, I think. Uh, uh, CRs mean nothing. We know this. Alright. We
7: could just fight Lulph. It'd be fine.
0: Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All
7: wow. right, guys. L O L T H Spider us.
0: <laughs> Got it. With that, we are gonna wrap up session zero of what it, we are tentatively calling Yotina's Mercenaries. Thank you so much for checking us out. Um we will have a new episode. If it's not already up, um, it will be up shortly. Um, thanks so much for listening. Um take care of yourselves out there and Bye. Say bye, everybody. Jin's the biggest nerd. See you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.
3: Okay.